Our scripture reading for this Christmas Eve is found in the second chapter of Luke's gospel. It's verses 1 through 20. Prepare your heart now and your mind for the reading of this holy text. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver the child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Now in that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing to you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may remember uh, a famous basketball coach named Jim Valvano. He was known as Jimmy V. And he was a very famous coach who was highlighted at the 1993 ESPN ESPY Awards. It was the year that they launched a foundation in his name to raise money to fight cancer because he, at that point, had terminal cancer. In fact, he ended up passing away months after the award was given. And, and most people remember his speech because of this one quote, don't give up, don't ever give up, which became the tagline of his foundation that continues to raise money to battle cancer to this day. But earlier in his speech that night, he told a story about the very first 
speech that he gave in the locker room as his first time as a coach at Rutgers University. He was 21 years old and this was his first time giving a speech as a head coach of a team. Of course, it was just the freshman team at Rutgers. And just know that these students were about two years younger than him. They were about 19, he was 21, and he was charged with inspiring them to go out and take the court and to give their best. And so he knew he had to do something great. He turned to one of his heroes, Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi was the legendary head coach of the Green Bay Packers. And he had a famous speech the very first time that he met with the Packers in their locker room. Most coaches come in and they, they talk at great length and they go over X's and O's. They talk about everything that needs to happen and then they give their speech. Lombardi did not do that the first time he met with the Packers. In fact, he waited until about three minutes before they were supposed to take the field. He burst into the room, knocked the doors open, and then he paced silently back and forth. Eventually, he said, all eyes on me. Gentlemen, we will be successful this year if we focus on three things and only these three things. Your family, your religion, and the Green Bay Packers. And apparently that worked. And people were just so excited, they burst onto the field and performed admirably. So Jimmy V decided that he was going to do exactly that same speech. And so he prepared himself and he would go over in his head, family, religion, Rutgers University, family, religion, Rutgers University. And so about three minutes beforehand, he tried to enter into the locker room and bur burst through the doors like his hero and he couldn't open the door. <laughs> In fact, he hurt his arm a little bit trying to get in the room. The players had to let him in. That deflated things just a little bit. And he began pacing around. And finally, he got up the courage to say, he said, all eyes on me. Gentlemen, we will be successful this year. We will be successful if we focus on three things and three things only. Your family, your religion, and the Green Bay Packers. So, in that spirit, I've got three things I want to talk to you about tonight. And one of them is not the Green Bay Packers anymore. What are three things that we learn about at Christmas? What are three things that I think are important for us to remember and cherish at Christmas? One of the first things that I think we need to think about is how Christmas brings people together. And we can look to the very first Christmas and see this because there were shepherds out in their fields keeping over a watch over their flocks by night, right? And these are shepherds that probably would have never encountered the Holy Family. They would have never met Mary and Joseph, not for a million years. These were people that did not, you know, float around in the same circles, so to speak. And yet the angels appeared to them and invited them to come and see what happened, what God had done. And so they stood there with Mary and Joseph and all of them were just in awe of what God had done because right there in that manger was a child promised, a child who would change the world. And they knew this child was special. Angels pronounced his birth. And it wasn't just the shepherds because much later on, we find out from Matthew's gospel 
that it wasn't just the shepherds that came to wonder over this child. Magi, three wise men, well, it doesn't say how many, but these wise people, these magi, came later to wonder at this Christ child. People from a different country who didn't even understand the Jewish faith knew that a king had been born. They had read the stars and they had followed that star down to where Jesus was. And they came to honor him. People came together from not only different walks of life, but also different countries to wonder and marvel at what God had done in Jesus Christ. And to this day, Christians and others come together and celebrate at Christmas. There are other times where we're sort of caught up in the moment and we might find ourselves arm in arm with other people and celebrating because of some grand event, but continuously Christmas brings people together like it has tonight. It continues to bring people together. And I want to challenge us to remember that important gift of Christmas, that it unites us together. Because we tonight and tomorrow are going to be around people, family, friends, neighbors. And we need to cherish those moments that we have together in the midst of a busy world. You know, don't lose connection with other people today and tomorrow because you're connected to another screen. And I know my family is rolling their eyes and calling me a hypocrite under their breath. I'm guilty too, right? We don't want to lose connection with other people because this is part of what we learn, that Christ is a part of bringing us together. You can do more than just that of being with the people that are right there with you. You can use this time to visit neighbors, to take food over. You can use this time to go caroling. There will be people who will turn off the lights and hide in the kitchen because they don't want you to come to their door, but that's okay. You just skip over that house, right? Shake the dust off your feet and keep moving. But there are ways in which we can use this time to make connections and to bring people together. The second thing that we need to remember is that Christmas is a time where we celebrate the incarnation. The incarnation is the big fancy theological word that means that God became one of us. The gospel of John says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And what we're saying is, is that God did not stay up in heaven and wait for us to get our act together. No, God came to us. God became one of us. The son of God left heaven and became one of us and walked among us. All the power and majesty and glory of God was located right in that manger. This powerful moment is easily missed over because we celebrate it every year. And yet at this moment, we realize that God's love was made manifest. It came together at this one important part and time of history and it forever changed the world. The incarnation matters because it proves God's love for us. And it proves that God cares enough about us to do something that amazing. My wife and I have a friend named Will, who's also a United Methodist pastor. He's up in Knoxville. And last year, he, for the first time, was able to celebrate intention, 
communion with the folks in his church because of the pandemic that we've been through. We had to get used to using for a while those little prepackaged communion things. We've got a few for folks that are worried about their health or also if they're gluten-free, uh, if they need a gluten-free option, we've got those tonight. But for a while, people were using that just like Will and his church. In fact, some people sort of gotten tired of it. And I heard people saying, do we have to keep using these Jesus Lunchables at church? Um, you know, we're, we're not going to do that tonight, but uh, we have intention, which is where we give you a piece of bread and you dip it in the cup. We have that option available. But this was the first time for Will last year at Christmas Eve when they were celebrating intention again. And it meant a lot to him because it felt like it was getting back to normal and he was getting a little teary as he was serving people. It was a very intimate moment. And this is a, a college football quarterback. He's not just the most weepy person in the world. He was getting a little emotional. And then all of a sudden, this little girl, about five years old in a pretty red Christmas dress came forward and it was clear that she was not really really clear on what she was supposed to do. How was she supposed to, to come forward? How was she supposed to take communion? And he realized she was five. That meant that she had only ever received communion the other way. And it just hit him that she didn't know what to do and that he was gonna be able to provide communion in this very intimate way. And my friend Will just lost it. He just started crying. And of course, she didn't know what was going on in his head. And so he was saying, the body of Christ broken for you. And this five-year-old girl is looking at him confused and scared. And she, her only response was, Merry Christmas. <laughs> but in, in, in his mind, it was just quick. And he said, yes, yes, Merry Christmas. Because God became one of us. The flesh and the blood, God taking on human form. That's something we remember in communion. The bread and the juice, those remind us that God became human. And he said that was the perfect, perfect answer to communion. Merry Christmas, because communion only makes sense when we start at Christmas. The third thing I would love for us to remember is that Christmas also teaches us about redemption, that God can turn us around, that God can save us. It says in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, right? That is a clear message that God loves us and he sent his son because of that love. But then it continues in verse 17, John 3.17, and it says not to condemn the world, but to save the world. God wanted to save the world and everyone in it. And so his son came to us. It's pretty clear that at least our culture understands there's something about redemption that happens at Christmas because we have characters in books and movies like Ebenezer Scrooge, the Grinch, or Buddy the Elf's birth father. All of them need to have their lives and their hearts turned around, right? All of them have got to have this this Christmas miracle happen in their hearts. And, you know, in the movies, it's often finding the true reason of the season. For some people, it's finding a boyfriend. That's a Hallmark movie, sorry. Um, it's about finding 
a new answer, a new reason for living, a new start for their lives. And this comes because of Jesus. Because his life with us is all about bringing us salvation and a new start. And Christmas tells us that there is no one outside of the reach of God's grace. No one is irredeemable. Everyone, everyone can be saved. And so if, if there's someone here that's worried about the things that you've done this year, the harm that you have caused, it doesn't necessarily erase those things, but there is an opportunity to have your life redeemed, to give your life to God and to have your life made new, to be able to make amends with people and to start fresh and to do things differently. All because God gave us that option through the birth of his own son here born for us. Emmanuel, God is with us. Communion reminds us, and it's so important that we celebrate it on Christmas Eve, it reminds us that God became one of us so that he could show us his love and we could be transformed by that love and grace and made brand new. And so as we come forward tonight to receive communion, we do so knowing that Christ was born for us to be our savior and to lead us into a renewed relationship with God. Would you pray with me? Most holy and living God, we ask that you would be with us on this special night as we remember the birth of your son born for us to guide us back to you. Help us to come forward this evening with open hearts and open hands that we might receive your love and leave transformed. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen.